is there any important life news first or um well there's some important news which is that i can't find the youtube thing of the bell that's pretty huge wow the bell the chinese ceremonial bell that we open with oh yes of course Guys, the bell's gone. <laughs> this is terrible. I can't uh, believe this. I never took a recording. I, shall I just pick something else for the meantime? We well, can... I have some good news, which is that I do have a recording of that. <laughs> Several well, recordings. How dare you? That's my responsibility, I... and I failed. <laughs> and now it's time to do something else. <laughs> well, sometimes I overdub. Like sometimes when the react, like the recording is particularly bad. I like. <laughs> I've never told anyone this. I snip out the bit where you play it and actually put the raw audio file in, so it doesn't sound so bad. Um, so I've got the entire track downloaded to my computer. What? That's disgusting, man. <laughs> I'm leaving. I quit. Savage. Usually Savage. it's okay, but sometimes Savage. it really, really gets destroyed. I'm never doing it again. What, well, what I want is for the the listeners to experience something as close to the live performance as possible. And so if the recording goes wrong, I just want to give them what something like what we experienced. Nah. It's like touching up a, a photo of the moon later on to to make it feel more like it felt to look at. Whatever helps you sleep at night, Michael. Yeah, you've been <laughs> lying. That's yeah. what you mean. Dishonesty. Jeremy Hunt. That's who you are. <laughs> Coming in to fix my mini budget. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sorry, but you've been fired by the... <laughs> You've been fired by the clown we have for a prime minister. So, but I've never been betrayed in, in, <laughs> since 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 was betrayed in such a manner. <laughs> right here we go. Anyway, now the ads have passed, so right. <laughs> I can stop complaining. <laughs> oh, right, it's traditional Chinese ceremonial music coming right up. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I'm going to play this every single time now because it doesn't believe. matter. <laughs> 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 because I'm just going to be pasted over anyway. <laughs> I can play anything. <laughs> I'm just going to bleep out everything you just said. <laughs> oh, <it's so> <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the beginning of the end for our secret club. <laughs> With Neil and I. Yeah, this what is Claire's pick, wasn't it? It was. Where did yeah. this come from? I chose this because it was listed on Wikipedia as one of the films that George Harrison funded. Oh. Right. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was looking at films that George Harrison funded, and this was one of them. And I thought we should watch it. Okay, is it a long list? Uh, not very long. It's maybe half a dozen films. Oh, Things like cool. um, the life was it the life of Brian? Oh yeah, one I, of the I knew Python that one. Um, a few others, um, oh, but cool. I think this one they were they pulled the funding, and he, oh no, that was the life of Brian, where they pulled the funding, and he really wanted yes. to see it, so he paid for it. <laughs> that was life of Brian. <laughs> the, the yeah, they called expensive. it the most expensive, yeah, cinema oh. ticket anyone ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, what what did you think of this? Now you picked it, Claire. I, um, uh, what did I think of it? Um, yeah, it was, I think it was a film. Um, <laughs> I think so too. Um, We're all in agreement, presumably, unless Fernando disagrees. Fernando, was it a film? I agree, it was a film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, was it a series? No, no, just one film. Um, 
was it a good film? It was certainly I enjoyed watching it in parts. Um, I have complex feelings about this film. They might take hmm. a little while to unwrap. Okay. Don't know if Fair I've enough. got a sound bite hmm. for, uh, for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Maybe we'll decide by the end of the meeting. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I need you to tell me what I think. <laughs> did um, you like it, Fernando? I think I did enjoy it, yes. Um, mm, yes. Yes, I did. Okay. This okay. film is like Mary. <laughs> it is like Mary. <laughs> like She's Mary off of woman. Downtown Abbey. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. How about you, Laura? I did like it. You did I liked like it that? more than I did it the first time I saw it. Oh, you've seen it before. I can confidently say I'd give it a solid four stars. Compared to my previous three stars. Yes, out of ten hedgehogs. <laughs> 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 Uh, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I think this time... Oh, well, we can go into this. Well, Michael, what did you think? I think I have to say I don't like it. Oh, okay. Um, it, it was interesting in parts, and I was. it seemed like it was worth trying to do whatever they were trying to do, but I, I don't know if the end result was really of much value. I, I'm not sure. Interesting. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Wouldn't watch well, it again. Why not? Um, I, it was a, a bit of a rambling mess. It just mm. kind of went from one thing to the next and I didn't quite care about the characters that just about every character in it was quite dislikable, most of them quite disjointed and erratic. Um, it built up some kind of feeling of what their life was maybe a bit like, but it didn't seem to give it enough context. And I was I was surprised by everything, every single thing that anybody said right up to the end. And I think that's because I didn't get a real feeling of who the characters were. Um, I found myself getting a bit bored as well. And by the end of it, I thought, well, what was this meant to tell me? Um, any kind of message or feeling I could get from it felt like something that I've seen done better in other films. Um, and I was just just a bit lost, like I was missing something. But maybe I, maybe you'll fill me in on what I'm missing. Hmm. Interesting. Claire, so, any further reflection on your feelings? <laughs> I think I'm definitely on the side of liking it um, rather than just disliking it. I do feel it was quite rambly, but that was part of the charm. Um, mm. hmm. I think it was deliberate anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're supposed to like hmm. the characters particularly. Um <laughs> I just I quite liked the the feeling of it. I I thought they they captured a, an atmosphere nicely. Um, yeah, whether that was, I thought it felt very genuine. Hmm. I thought that does seem like what life would be like for them. Just this total chaos, chaotic substance use, inability to look after themselves. They've only got each other, even though they sort of hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before they'd even like told us where it was set it just looked like a flat in Camden in the 70s yeah. <laughs> I was like right. oh these are two yeah. out of work actors <laughs> who have probably got university educations but no interest in taking a day job and just <laughs> yeah mm. yeah I thought they a lot of that stuff I thought they did very well um, yeah. yeah I liked it <laughs> what, yeah what, what did you like about it let me think so 
I, I watched this the first time in the pandemic during lockdown. Okay. I think it had like a little resurgence in lockdown. Everyone was, there was a lot of oh, people really? watching it. Yeah. Like Boris Johnson watched it and tweeted about it. Oh, oh, gross. Which obviously put me off for a long time, but then yeah. <laughs> enough time had passed. I thought, um, well, what did he say go. about it? Oh, I can't, probably one of the, uh, something about Britain and British people. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up now. <laughs> he likes it. Um, oh. Yeah, dreadful, dreadful. Um, I remember the first time around, I thought it was quite, I thought it was quite boring and rambling and too just disgusting. Like they're flat in the beginning. It's really horrible. This and was all the an issue for me. It's horrible. And you just feel this revulsion like towards them and just their the squalor that they live in, even when they're in the cottage and it all just seems so dark and dingy and gloomy and everything is tedious. And I respected it for that of being like, you're really putting me in this tedious environment with you. <laughs> and I feel like I'm there and part of it. Um, but I think I was more braced for that this time. So I knew it was going to be a bit horrible and I could l- listen a bit more to the script and just enjoy them. They're, I really enjoy the actors. Like Richard E. Grant is just so fantastic. He is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. I'm in a park and I'm practically dead. <laughs> just every line. I, w- I want to seep into my brain and keep it there. He was with Noel, was he? Yes, yeah. he was with yeah. Noel. Um, Paul McGann was I. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> his name's Marwood. Marwood. Uh, the, the, you would only know that if you read the script, apparently. I just read this. Right. Yeah, even in the credits, he's credited as and I, isn't he? (laughs) Marwood, Um, I like that. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Waiting for Godot. Yeah. In that I really enjoyed reading it, but I thought if I ever actually saw it, I would be bored to tears. (laughs) I thought that in the beginning of this Uh, watch, and then I grew, uh, it really grew on me, and I thought I I had quite a good time. I think I've said to you recently, I just wish I could read like you do. I just get, my brain just switches (laughs) off when I'm reading so quickly. The idea of, like being able to watch the film is such a great crutch for me. Like I'm never going <laughs> to fucking read this. That's going to take me forever to read that. I'll just sit down and just let it wash over me while I watch the film. Whereas it sounds like you're the other way around. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but, in a way. Now I'm you can read audiobooks. Yeah, audiobooks. That's a great crutch for me. If I, I'm just not getting through it, I'll be like, I'll stick the audiobook on, then I can just like do the washing up and kind of. I'll get through it. It'll be fine. It's got even worse though because they've now got these summaries of audiobooks <laughs> that he listens to. It's like a yeah, that's been hour. really good. When <laughs> <laughs> you can't even listen for four hours. <laughs> this is for non-fiction because non-fiction books are a total waste of time. All of them are like they have actual content that it like could be written on an index card, and they just blither on and they say well there's a lot of information about out there about whatever picture yourself in a so-and-so and you're just like oh, just tell me about like the economic theory you're trying to explain yeah 15 minute summaries blinkist it's called <laughs> been getting a lot out of that <laughs> um, it's, so- uh, yeah what a shame they don't do fiction you might finally have read moby dick for us <laughs> <laughs> well I, again bbc I radio does the- summaries of of fiction books there's like hundreds maybe even thousands of like classic works of literature that they've done like a two-hour radio version of um and that is exactly what i got from moby dick (laughs) i think as a podcast we've done quite a good job of summarizing moby dick picking out the key motifs (laughs) 
I'd love to know if if someone had only listened to our podcast and didn't know what Moby Dick was, what they would think it was. Uh, um, Fernando, why did you like the film? I thought it made me feel like I was in a holiday and <laughs> it took me back to England. And oh. yeah, I enjoyed it. I was like, yes, this is... This is a holiday. <laughs> you must have had some pretty grim holidays. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, no, I was enjoying it uh, until okay. I saw the chicken and then until I saw oh. the dead hair. And I was like, wow. Mm. Um, Brutal. Um, this was quite intense, yes. I mean, they could have they just eaten some vegetables like they were doing. Mm. Um. Mm. Yes, for some reason, showing the live animals was a little bit intense for me, but it mm. was still good. It, it was still a good, good holiday. Okay, so you you got into the the holiday that they were on. Yes. <laughs> Did um, you enjoy the rain soaked lack of fire at the start? Like, just... I enjoyed the rain, um, and <laughs> I don't particularly like fire. I think they could have always used their blankets. Yeah. Um, mm, what else did I think? Mm, 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 mm. I think that's all that I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a jolly boys outing. <laughs> a lovely... Oh, I also like that they had to say to everyone that they were not from London. Um, <laughs> <that was> fun. <laughs> oh, there were just so many great bits. What were your favourite scenes? Mm, which was my favourite scene? Mm, well, honestly, probably my favourite scene was the the last bit when he cuts his hair and decides to have a new life. Oh, I, I hate was like, that oh, yes, bit. He is transformed, <laughs> thankfully. One, I mean, his beautiful curly hair. No. <laughs> now he looks like anyone it else. It was just too long. It was just too long. Oh no, it was beautiful. Um, it was like Jesus. And I loved his I hat. Like I was like, I must get one of those <laughs> hats. Like that was a great hat. Yeah. Good hat. Yeah, I reckon mm-hmm. you took a hat like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um oh, I, did, I didn't like the end at all. I mean I liked it because it provokes a feeling in me. So that's always nice when that happens. But um Bloody Marwood or whatever his name is. <laughs> I I what a betrayal. What an unforgivable betrayal. Yeah, how dare he try to get a job and you clean up. Yeah, class betrayal, that's what I call it. Class betrayal. <laughs> and I had a feeling we would disagree on this. I thought when I was watching that and I was like, hey, that bloody bastard. <laughs> I'm going to be alone on this because I think that's terrible. Yes, well, I would say that we'd be alone on this. However, I don't think that's what you really think. I think you're just saying it to provoke us that into getting angry with you. I'm not doing, I never do that. <laughs> right. So that. So the reason that's completely absurd. Firstly, their their life as they're living it throughout this film is appalling. Yes. Like that. There's every chance that they could have died, like in almost any scene, from just like. <laughs> disease or like <laughs> crashing. crashing into something or being mauled by a bull or getting like killed by someone in a pub or whatever or an overdose 
um, they everything they were doing was totally unsustainable and would never possibly allow them to have happy lives. Um, meanwhile, Withnall was trying to do the exact same thing, and he was banging on constantly about how no one would give him a job, even though he was perfect <laughs> and that he was going to be a star one day. The whole thing was him talking about how that his one aspiration was to do the exact same thing That's to true, but go on. the main character. Um, I, there would seem no indication to me that he was going to that yeah he was he was just going to like get offered the lead role in a play and turn it down and say no I just want to stay in my decaying flat with the rats um, having hallucinations and shooting people um, yeah it was entirely the what, what the main character did at the end was the only sensible thing that he did in the entire <laughs> film. <sighs> Man, there's no solidarity anymore. No, <laughs> you'd leave so, me in the gutter, wouldn't you? <laughs> you I would invite you to come with me. I would encourage you to clean up your act. But that's not what he did. He said, "You live in your squalor flat that I've just left. I'm better than <laughs> yeah. you now." I don't I'm think a, he I'm said a, that. I think he said, <laughs> he said "I'm with, leaving." He said it with his eyes. <laughs> All they had was each other. And with oh, he's so sad when he left. He's such a tragic. He needs someone to look after him, and and the but main character he, was the only he was one. Dreadful. Looking he did nothing to support the main character. Mm. He, but they were together. Didn't you know? Yeah, sure, he was just he an had... absolute drain on the main character. <laughs> he was just a, a terrible influence on him. That <laughs> all the way through, even right from the start, the main character was saying like, "Oh, why don't we go away to the countryside? Why don't we clear up? Yeah, you know, stop." which I think we've got in a few of the films, right? Just like a, a story about people basically deciding, let's take a break from the drugs for a bit. Um, but that that was all coming from the main character and not at all from Withnall. Um, and yeah, he was just just violent. He was erratic. He, yeah, encouraged all of these bad decisions. It wasn't um, violent. He was just a terrible alcoholic. <laughs> he was violent. He was violent. Yeah. Well, that's not, you know, he's flailing around. He's flaily. He liked a bit of a flail. <laughs> he he, was, like he was an eccentric. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I just think and- I could understand, like, I understand why he left him. And mm. I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same because, as you say, their lives were so difficult and Excellent, terrible. we agree. Let's we move on. We do not agree. <laughs> I still think you can judge someone for doing something that is morally ambiguous. It's grey. You've just left your is only it? friend in the world to die, essentially. <laughs> You know, he's going to go into an early grave and you're like, I don't care. I've got my well, life on He's going to hang there. out with the drug dealer with the, the Camberwell carrots and <laughs> I mean, his new his Harry Krishna friend. His choice was to stay there and die with him. Or exactly. That, so that's what he should have done <laughs> for you. That would be... He should have taken him with him. I don't know. I'm just saying it was brutal. It was brutal of him, him, I think. Him. I thought it was unkind. That's all I'm saying. Right. Selfish, individualist, I capitalist, just, I, capitalist, I individualist. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> I can't think what the better solution would have been. What what else he could have done? Look after him. Take him with you. Visit sometimes. You're so final. Yeah. So I'll miss you with no. Yeah. But goodbye forever. Now I'm I'm over this. That's yeah, not. You that's must not a good come friend. with me to my new life so you can. No, like, you're I'll right. Be back. He was, I'll be back he was to ending visit you. the friendship there. Yeah. But those you know, guys didn't deserve ties. the friendship. Well, that's just mm. your opinion. I think he does. I want to yes, take him home with opinion. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have him live in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fernando, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say that that move was necessary, and Spock's father in Star Trek <laughs> says that what is necessary is never unwise. So um, nice. I thought it was the right call. Well, that again, sorry to keep bringing up Liz Truff, but I'm sure she'd say the same thing. <laughs> it's all subjective. <laughs> I don't think she's seen Star Trek, has she? <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary to go for growth. <laughs> oh, is that what her policy is? I don't know. She's no not idea. mentioned it. <laughs> well, the thing that you said was the kind of thing that Goebbels would have said. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Nazi. Oh, Dr. Agent Leia and Michael. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> My favourite phrase, but I have no idea how to pronounce it because I don't know Latin. I didn't hear that. Is it reductio ad Hitlerum? You're you're playing the Nazi card. You're reducing everything to Hitler. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. (laughs) I went for a more topical route. You did, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I just think, I mean, my perspective is coloured by my work, I suppose, where I'm in these recovery organisations and they're all saying you have to cut everyone out of your life immediately if you want to, you know, build your own life and they're selling this dream of a future where it's only abstinence you can't have any more substances but which you know makes sense in context and things like that but it's so brutal it's very much like a your entire social circle you need to be brutal about cutting them out they're gone mm. like leave them to the gutters you're better than them now and that's what you're sort of seeing here I well, like, what about the other people them. it's just oh, that it's, you yeah. can't afford to stay there anymore yeah that well that's the that's the thing that's what I try and understand about it um. Yeah, I suppose we had a similar thing in my own private Idaho, didn't we? Very comparable. Yes. So we did, I was yes, thinking yes. about that. Yes. Keanu Reeves just abandons everyone to go and exactly. be the mayor or whatever. And I didn't remember. I don't remember you all being like good for Keanu. <laughs> no, because we were taking context into account that Keanu, you know, abandoned what was his name. Todd or whatever, the main character of uh, of My Own Private Idaho, or the, the other guy. John Falstaff. <laughs> no, so John Falstaff, it made sense to abandon because he was like <laughs> a murderer or whatever. Like he, he, was, he was a dreadful bloke that just w- didn't appear to have the capacity to change and w- had led them really badly all that time. The other guy, the guy that kept fell, falling asleep, oh, yeah. I did feel bad for because he was basically trying to do the right thing. Um, so, yeah, if their roles had been reversed here and Withnull had got his his job and had just abandoned this guy, I might have felt a bit differently. Mm. Um, but it, I just couldn't feel at the end that he owed Withnull anything. Just the way Withnull had acted the whole way through um, was not the way a friend acts. I mean, that's definitely true. He mm. was not good to him in the cottage when yeah. Monty was predating on I. Praying on him, yeah. Praying. Mm. Um, um, yeah, and it, anything that he said to Withnull, Withnull would be so quick to anger and just curse him. And um, yeah, the, the way he'd like, he would always put the main characters needs at the very bottom of the priority list um yeah it was it was bad that was how i saw it anyway he was just so likable though 
<laughs> yeah, I wanted I to want watch soup. him. Why don't I have soup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did make me laugh. Um, I thought of um, Sherlock Holmes and Watson quite a lot. Do oh, anyone else no. think of that? No, but I see I it. thought you were going to say Moby Dick. <laughs> I did not think of that particularly. Um, I'm sure we will. Yes. Um, but yeah, the idea of this sort of very eccentric, kind of upper class, yeah, um, drug user uh, with a very theatrical style and attitude in this flat, London flat, kind of treating the other guys a bit of a, a subordinate, a bit like his dog that was helping him with things. Um, yeah, just just occurred to me. Waiting for Godot is a good comparison as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying the other day I should read more Sherlock Holmes, and you said don't bother. It's not very good. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I think I said some of it's good. Oh yeah, <laughs> some of it and not all of it. Mm. What do we think of Monty then? Didn't like Monty. No, where it, my it was main hard problem like. with the film comes from, I think it was mm. pretty homophobic. Okay. Like the way his character was written as this horrible predator was was homophobic. I don't mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it and that. So this was one thing I was thinking of. Was he the only gay character in the film? He was not gay. <laughs> First question: Was Monty gay? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. He was. I'm not sure if he was gay. His boyfriend definitely was. So. <laughs> yes. um yeah i it it occurred to me that yeah it it was there was this this one gay character and he was um you know he he was a a rapist and he was a you know a kind of cruel uh preening or yeah he was he was objectionable we Mm. we were you, you had to dislike him at least for a lot of it um uh, sort of yeah old pervert i guess but it, yeah it was but the the other thing that occurred to me though is the way they were the way that he was talking about relationships in a way the way that they had been telling him different stories about them either being a couple or one of them being in love with the other or whatever it seemed like it was normalizing the whole idea of being gay and and i was wondering if that was meant to make us at least consider whether the two main characters were had some feelings, had some relationship beyond being friends and being flatmates. I think they did. Mm, Maybe they did not realise. Yeah, there was a bit of subtext Mm. to it. But I don't think, in my view, they were friends. They had a a homosocial relationship, that's what I'd call it. Oh. They'd settled into this sort of partnership with each other that was very intimate and like that, but it was, on the surface, totally platonic. That seems right, but they they did seem to love each other at least to some extent, right? Yeah. Um, but I I get what Fernando's saying. Maybe they didn't. I don't think they quite realised what their they didn't quite know what their relationship was, mm. which is maybe part of why it was so weird when he left at the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like to think of it as an exploration of male friendship. Yeah, and so in that sense, I thought that took the the sting off the kind of what you might see as a, a homophobic script uh, because mm. we were at least meant to to think about you know same sex relationships and and how that can be a part of life 
and so you know having having one objectionable gay character is is neither here nor there mm-hmm. but i don't know because he was the only overtly gay character and he was and his very homosexuality was was the most objectionable thing about him in the end yeah, um, yeah in some ways uh, having the only other homosexuality represented as repressed <laughs> um, mm. and not disapproving of the repressed homosexuality isn't necessarily uh, saving it from being homophobic as a yeah. film. It did, mm. it did have feelings of, of prick up your ears. I felt like yes, the relationship did, yeah. between the two, yeah. kind of, they loathed each other but also completely depended on each other. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. Without bursts of violence and uh, yeah. and callousness, but also some kind of love. Mm. Yeah, I liked it when with Nil. He, I mean, he did care about um, the main character. He drove mm. drunk to get him to the to place on time. Yes, he did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that was his own the only time he ever showed any affection and consideration. I think. Yeah, and it felt like it was. I mean, yeah, the main character would never have said, yes, you should do that. Um, it, and it seemed to me that he was doing this more for the thrill of it, right? Oh, I didn't get that. I don't know. I no. think he would have just drank and drank for the thrill of it. That was his... Yeah, I suppose so. That was, <laughs> it was sad that the bottle trick didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it... <laughs> Well, oh, I just so wanted him to be it. able to manage that. Yeah, um, I really like Danny as well, the philosophizing sort of drug dealer that came around. He was good. Again, I could he was hardly understand him, but really, I sub- just occasionally I wanted the subtitles, but I didn't know how to put them on. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, yeah, I liked him. He was he was interesting. He he had yeah he had interesting things that he was talking about that I. Yeah, there was no real thread to much of what he was saying. <laughs> All hairdressers work for the government. Yeah. <laughs> Why was he cooking onion? Well, like, is that a thing that I is that slang for drugs that I don't know about? He wanted to cook some onions. I took it just being as cooking onions. <laughs> I thought he poisoned the onions so that the rats and mice would eat the poisoned onions, and that's how they died. Yeah, he then that's what he did in the end, wasn't that? Oh, right. But before, what is he talking about? Onions at the beginning. Yeah, well, he said he was, when he, oh, I can't when he first found the rat, he mm-hmm. opened the oven because he wanted to cook some onions. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I've forgotten that. Which I didn't know if that was a thing. <laughs> uh, there was a weird, a weird, con- re- weird relationship with food in this film. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there was a strong motif, wasn't there? It was yeah. yeah either lack or plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good phrase. You know, you had a, a total abundance, and they were always just stuffing their faces, or there was just nothing. You just felt them be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they'd mention sometimes in the script, like, "Oh, I haven't eaten anything in seventy-two hours except mm. a raw potato," and I, or I'm starving. I'll I need to need to eat something, anything, and <laughs> and then yeah, so many of the the scenes were while they were cooking or while they were. Doing one thing or another, and a lot of yeah, a lot of their sort of adventures in the countryside were going to try and get food. Um, like yeah, trying to buy eels or weird. pheasants. Or yeah, 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 strangers in the pub. Yeah, um, and I thought it was odd, and this is one of the things I kind of hated about the film um, that they just all the food was disgusting. 
there were so many bits that it f- felt like they were almost trying to revolt us. Mm. But I don't know what they were trying to revolt us from. Like, what what point was that making? Was it um, that and you should be vegan. Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought um, it was all right when Monty came and made them big dinners with lots of peas. I was like, those mm-hmm. peas look quite good, actually. I would eat those peas. Yeah. yeah, Monty's cooking wasn't so bad, was it? But um, the rest of the stuff, I suppose I can see where you're Stuff like him trying to strip the chicken and it still had a load mm. of feathers on. They went on and on about having to like cut the guts out of it and everything and cooking it on a brick in an oven with its feet still there. Yeah, terrible. Um, stuff like the... What was the... When he goes to the cafe at the start and they're frying these horrible looking fried oh, yeah. eggs. Oh, yeah, they were stuck the, Between these two slices of bread just sort of casually hurled together... And then the woman eats it and the yolk goes everywhere. It's just, I just watched that mm. and I thought, who decided to put this on camera? This is just pornographic. Um, <laughs> just that there's nothing, this does. This isn't adding to the plot. I mean, maybe, the, maybe it's trying to say they live a disgusting life, but it's the cafe, right? That's not saying their flat is disgusting. It's just then they went to the cafe and then some horrible things were on screen for a I don't seconds. know. That, that's what drives him into this holiday idea. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there, he's Maybe. got his eyes all red, and he's just and watching these people and the food and being like, I need to get mm. out of here. This is too much. I suppose. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking of like my own private Idaho. I think I engage with those characters probably a lot more in very similar circumstances. And they did that with the script and with them talking and with an understanding of their characters. And they, they did it without kind of throwing in external stuff that makes you go, oh, this is a bit horrible, um, just to put you off your dinner. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I think that's what they were going for, though. They wanted to give you yeah. a bodily reaction mm. to it. Yeah, so maybe, I, like, I but suppose. in a way that maybe would provoke empathy for some people with Marwood or the main character, <clears throat> thinking he's got to get out of here and leave. I don't know about the chicken. Yeah, because that really did just turn my stomach. I thought, this is, yeah. this is horrible. Although I did like it when they said, quick, kill it before it tries to become friends with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would funny. become friends with them and they'd have a chicken with them for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I was film. hoping that was going to be the third character. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the chicken was Goddle. Yes. We've got to watch Waiting for Gutter at some point. I think I'll hate it just as much. Is it a film? Uh, there must be films oh, of it. In fact, yes, I saw a bit of a film of it once. Uh, so, converse question, was this a play? Felt a lot like it. It did feel a lot like a play. Yeah. Mm. Especially could, at the start, yeah. it was essentially a two-hand. Um, <laughs> like, for a long time, it was just the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is this you saying that it felt like a play because plays in general are really bad? <laughs> yes, it felt crap enough to be a play. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. Um, it was, yeah, it was very, I mean, the cast list at the end was like eight people. Um, and there were lots of fairly long scenes that were mostly driven by dialogue. Uh, yeah, don't know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we never went around our favourite scenes. Fernando, you said yours was the end. Yeah. I've changed my mind. I'm actually, I, I did, I did like the eggs. I'm, I agree with you on the point of the food that it was disgusting, except with the eggs. Um, I know that back when I ate animals, I would have had those oily eggs. Really? Mm. Oh dear. Yes. There's something 
Not right about that. I don't mind saying it. <laughs> Thank goodness you're a vegan now. That's. <laughs> I don't mind an egg that's fried in plenty of oil, but it needs to drain a little bit and it needs to be like in a dish. It needs to be like on a nice warm plate with something, not just like between two dry slices of white bread. I reckon if she'd um, had a knife and fork, it would have been all right, to be honest. I'd love a, I'd love a good egg sandwich. Yeah, it wants mm. some butter, it wants a little salt butter. and pepper. Oh, so you it want wants... to drain the oil off just to butter the bread, do you? <laughs> yeah, basically. Nothing <laughs> goes better so together than butter and oil. And black pudding. <laughs> yeah, a little haggis on the side, something like that. Sausages. Mm, hash mm. browns. Oh, lovely. Tatty oh. scone. Oh, yeah. A bit of toast. Some beans yeah, just leave egg. Yeah, I don't need an egg. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my favourite scene was the cafe. <laughs> oh, come on. I love the cafe. Did you not like the cafe scene? Not that scene at the beginning. Oh, the one the, where they... The tea, tea shop. Room. The tea room, yeah. Yeah. I want some cake. Well, the finest <laughs> wine is available to humanity and we want them now. <laughs> yeah. Again, I found it quite funny, but also I kind of felt for all the people who were just trying to live their lives with these like selfish, horrible blokes coming in, <laughs> making a scene. They were disruptive in the beginning. They were pretty disruptive, like refusing to leave. And They only giving... refused to leave because they were being stigmatised. That cafe yeah. wasn't closing. They just took a dislike to them immediately and asked <laughs> them to they leave. Because they were completely wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just came in without a bookie or anything, just sat down and, yeah, started raving. There was like four tables in there. Yeah. Just tea room. It was a tea room. I wouldn't have let them in. (laughs) Well, that's on you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when my when I've got my tea room up and running, I'll. uh, (laughs) I'm not going to be very selective, but you know, just people need to be like vaguely coherent and polite. (laughs) That's my rule. I think my. It was funny though. Favorite scene was with the bull. That was good. I enjoyed that as well. With Neil jumping over the wall to hide, <laughs> and then the vegetables going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of slapstick comedy just to break it up a bit. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that as well. And Again, all their food going in the mud. Oh yeah. What's what's that? It's they can't they cannot look after themselves. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The fact that yeah. the, this. Even the cottage looks horrible before Monty... It still looks horrible yeah. when he gets there. But he immediately lights the fire. He's got loads of food. He cooks a big meal. And yeah. you realise it's not the countryside. It's them. They're the problem. <laughs> yeah. They have money, but they don't know how to care for themselves in any way. Yeah. They even go to the village and get all this stuff. I can't. I couldn't figure out why they were then needing to get chickens and stuff from the farmer. Like, just the, the shop in the village not mm. sell meat. Mm-hmm. They asked for the chicken before they went to the shop in the village. I suppose so. They oh, just felt true. like they're just sort of creating problems for themselves. <laughs> maybe you couldn't buy meat in the shop in the village. Maybe, oh, maybe. just a greengrocer. That's probably right. Maybe Fernando's right. Maybe they should uh, should just stop eating meat. Go plant based. Yes. Go go plant based. <laughs> if we may go back to discussing about the tea room once again, I do oh, think yes, that the owners where um discriminating on socioeconomic Thank grounds you. and I, agree. I don't like that and i i don't think that you should be dressed a certain way well i mean maybe but they were certainly discriminating them because they did not look as wealthy as the other people and i just like that i agree entirely i think it was the way they dressed they were being disruptive which is fine but again this is the classic stigma you think these people aren't being 
they aren't behaving in the way I want or expect. Yeah, but they were behaving in a in a a way that was detrimental to everyone else there. So was their discrimination. They were being... Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, a, they stumble in wasted, just pick a table, ignore everything that everyone's saying, and then you say, oh, they look poor, so I'm going to kick them out. No, I'd be saying, like, that they are, are like, not acting in a, a sensible way that's respecting anyone around them. Um, I don't I think, think they look they poor were... either. I just think they mm. looked like raggedy rich people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were wearing like the <laughs> weird ties and scarves and stuff. Yeah. I think they were, I don't know, it was difficult to say, wasn't it? Because they their flat was so cold. Like you really got the sense of how freezing it was. The fact that they couldn't find any food while they were in London. But I mean, they had, I think they only, they had money coming in from their benefits, but they were spending it all mm. on alcohol. That was the. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, so they were still poor. They were poor. They were cash poor. They had fancy clothes. He said mm. his suit was made in Savile Row, and mm. yeah, you see people walking around in like their great grandfather's mm. Harris tweed and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think wealthy people recognise sort of quality attire, even if it's warm. Mm. I don't know. I think you would look at them and be like, "Those are, you know, they were looking at them like those are bums. Get them out." Mm. I don't think they were like, oh, what a fancy suit. They're not poor, but we still, you know, I think they were look- They were just looking at them as social disruptors. I yeah. think they were looking at them as disruptors and sort of people who were, yeah, drunk and disruptive um, rather than particularly poor and disruptive. Mm. And yeah, compare it to like someone coming in with like a, a scuffed up dodgy old anorak um, who, you know, with their few little coins that's just enough to buy a couple of cakes. I think that who was polite and said, excuse me, do you have a table? Um, that would have been, yeah, a different matter, it seems. No, they would have said, not for poor people. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah, I got those vibes, that proprietor. We don't serve your sort in here. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe they would have been prejudiced, but I think this was against, like, yeah other classes but i don't think this was an example of it mm. my position. that's probably fair although i don't i think it's different if ugh, i don't know I, it seems to me they might have been prejudiced it you know if somebody poor had come in they might have been they might have unfairly assumed that they were going to be drunk and start causing a massive kerfuffle so basically they, they would be assuming that other people would behave exactly like these two did um yeah i don't know I don't know if I had a favourite scene. I think my favourite scene was where he got his life together at the end. And left. <laughs> Wait, that uh, was my favourite scene too. In fact, it probably was because I, I liked after he left that little soliloquy he does. Yeah, more um, Hamlet. Yeah. Oh, he only wanted to be Hamlet. He, he did. He really did. For Richard E. Grant. Although, as I keep saying, I do feel like I mention this every episode, he's got a very famous music video of him rapping the soliloquy. Oh, God, yeah. I'm glad I haven't seen that. <laughs> and you that. never watch it. And I send it to the chat every once in a while, being like, here it is, have a have a good time with it. Nobody ever watches it. That's not the, what a piece of work is man, though, is it? That he did? It no, that's... Soliloquy, to be, so. you're not to be. To be, you're not to be. 
Um, you know what? I'm just going to start playing that instead of the opening music since it doesn't matter. (laughs) 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 Try and do a nice thing. (laughs) This is, this is exactly what's happened in the film. I've, I've given a subpar. You think this isn't respectable. We, we have to get rid of this. We have to push this under the carpet. This is the best I can do right? in my fragile state. And do I complain? <laughs> no, you just sweep me away. That's <laughs> a word. Sweep you away. <laughs> We're closed. <laughs> no, I take responsibility. I, I do what needs to be done. We get it all sorted. Most of the time, I just leave it as it is anyway. <laughs> Because most of the time it's it's excellent. <laughs> I'm sucking up now. Can someone tell me about um, uh, having an orange tongue? What's that? Oh God! So this, I mean, I don't. I so it's just a complete lack of vitamins for just giving your tongue a coating. Um, right. But remember, I was describing the other day how I found someone who'd exactly. over- overdosed in the street and they had a bright orange tongue. Yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah. oh, that sounds weird. I've never heard of that. That sounds like cause for concern. He must have had like an illness or something. But is this common for drug users or something? It's not something that's really been, you know, it's, I haven't noticed it much before. It was just the weird mm. that you come up the other day and now here. Oh, so um, this was news to you as well. You're yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I assume it's just a vitamin deficiency. Yeah, okay. Wow. Or oh, maybe a sign of jaundice, which would certainly be consistent with oh, him. Oh, yeah. Destroying his liver. Mm. Yeah, okay. According to Colgate.com, a yellow tongue usually results from poor oral hygiene or having a dry mouth. Yeah. There you go. And Colgate would never lie to us. No. <laughs> They're the good guys. <laughs> were there any symbols? Were there oh, any symbols? I'm sure there were. I feel like we can't keep saying, no, nothing in this film either. <laughs> no, there was definitely a load of weird stuff going on mm. that felt like I was missing it. But was the food something? The way that so much of it was to do with food? The, the famine and feast lifestyle. Mm. Was that just... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah. And the fact that they just wasted so much of it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And the chicken. What did the chicken mean? <laughs> oh, the, he trusses up the chicken on a brick, doesn't he? Or I, just like he did with Withnail at the end. Just oh, left his oh? feet Is on that... something. <laughs> uh, I think you've got something there. There's something. Oh, oh, not your best. Normally, it comes to me as I start speaking. <laughs> It's all right, we all have off days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for an on day. (laughs) I liked it when Danny, at the end, after he's given all these grand pronouncements, and you think, who is this guy at the end? He's just like, have you got any shoes? (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) He's just made such a show of being like tough and a big man and his drugs and everything, and he's got no shoes on. (laughs) Mm. Um, yeah, it it said so- a lot about time. Right. What it was a lot about, about temporality. I mean, I don't know if it's symbolic the or anything. The nature of time. Exactly. I thought that. Yep. 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 Uh, like would, would you care to elaborate on that one, though? Because uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Don't know. Um, <laughs> just he said loads of stuff directly about time. He's like, we're drifting into the this idea of they're drifting in time. They're drifting into the arena of the unwell, facing their their future as their own. En- what did he say? Oh. The enemy of the future. I don't. And with Neil doesn't have a watch, does he? It's just I who has a watch. Oh, that's good. That's a good spot. For hmm. with Neil, time is, is this ethereal thing. Hmm. Um, whereas with Neil conforms to society's rigid application of time <laughs> for its own purposes. You mean I conforms to that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Right, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Even at the end, he's like, I've got to go. I'll be late for my train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's on capitalist clock time yes <laughs> <laughs> i just remember so that i've got this one quote where he said speed is like a dozen transatlantic flights without ever getting off the plane mm. time changes you lose you gain it makes no difference as long as you keep taking the pills but sooner or later you've got to get out because it's crashing then all at once those frozen hours melt out through the nervous system and seep out the pores <laughs> wow good isn't it it's like a it's a biotemporality about an embodied kind of time stuff. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it changes your perception of how time's moving. Yes, exactly. This yeah. idea that you just keep taking the drugs and the pills and you can step out of time and time is never relevant to you. Yeah. It's frozen, these frozen hours, but eventually it will come back upon you because, like he's saying, it's just it will crash and burn at some point. Cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good little speech. Hmm. And actually, a transatlantic flight is a very good, very good comparison for that because that time just doesn't exist in yeah. reality, does it? You're mm. you're on a plane for eight hours, and then it's a different time when you get off, and yeah, there's yeah. nothing to correlate mm. the time that's passed and how your watch has changed. Yeah. Oh, you feel that in your body as well. I mean, it just mm. it's confused. Food, time, sleep—it's mm. all awry. <laughs> the game is afoot. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all my thoughts on this this film. Mine too, I think. <coughs> and yeah, overall, uh, the, it had something in there, but I thought the execution was just a bit too rambling and didn't didn't quite make sense. So compared to something like Drugstore Cowboy, My Own Private Idaho. Um, and any of the other rambling drug films we've seen, <laughs> um, it seemed to be lacking something for me. Oh, well. But boy, mm. did I feel worthy watching it. <laughs> it was very worthy, wasn't it? We were watching Hocus Pocus last night, and that, that didn't did feel you? like I was... Yeah. Well, we watched the first 15 minutes of it, and it was just too crap, and we it had to turn it off. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, my God. I love so Hocus bad. Pocus. Oh, uh, we, man. we got out while the going was good. Watching Hocus Pocus was like a transatlantic <laughs> flight that was crashing, and we had to get off. Frozen hours were seeping out your pores. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was only fifteen minutes. <laughs> wow. Wait, were you watching Hocus Pocus, or were you watching Two Hocus Two Hocus? <laughs> we, were, we weren't watching Hokai Pokai. Um, no, we were watching the first one because um, people have been talking about it lately and it's nearly Halloween, but I think we're going to need to find something else to watch instead. We should watch The Witches, the Roald Dahl one. Oh, yeah, there That's we go. Yeah. There's a good 
book I've never read, but I've listened to an audio reinterpretation of it. <laughs> it's a Roald Dahl book. It's like 10 pages long. <laughs> I think I just never had it. In fact, I'm trying to think if the tape was an unabridged reading of it. Um, but it used to scare me. I'd listen to it right before I went to sleep, like night after night, and always be too scared to get to sleep, but I kind of loved it. <laughs> Kids love us scared, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I was very easily them. scared as well. Oh, so was I. I was a big coward. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Still am a bit. Um, no other thoughts on With Nell and I from me? What about recasting everyone <gasps> and now all men have to be women and all women have to be men? It would be a different okay. dynamic, wouldn't it? So Fernando and I are both oh my God, there were the no one women. woman. <laughs> oh, wait, yes, there were. <laughs> <laughs> she was behind the door and she said... My son runs the farm. He's up in the field. And the cafe's um, closing. Oh, and the cafe's closing, yeah. And the so woman I, with the sandwich, so you've got your pick. Oh, great. I think I'll go for the the, the tea room's closing woman. <laughs> I identified with her. <laughs> who, who Take your pick, Fernando. I'll be the woman that says, my son is in somewhere. Great. <laughs> the yeah, part you were born to play. To that. Yeah. <laughs> so Laura and Claire, who's with Nell and who's I? <laughs> good question I don't know I don't think don't that's a you? question we can answer for ourselves so yeah. we have to answer that. are we with Nell or are we Marwood um, what do you reckon well which of you was more pro recovery and getting on with your life and which of you was saying that you should just sit in a flat forever doing drugs <laughs> with your mates <laughs> I think people should be allowed to have some agency that's my argument Yeah, yep. I think with I no to keep had drinking. some agency well no that's a Damn, you got me in a box there, don't you? Okay, you have <laughs> right, your agency. Take your pick. <laughs> I think we should end the meeting now. Great. <laughs> I've got that massive question mark. Let's <laughs> all meet up in another 10 years and see who was with Nail and who was I. Well, it depends which one of us has made it in the West End. Yeah. yeah. I see Laura as a much higher chance of making it on the West End. God, that's a bit rude about your own wife, isn't it? <laughs> Are you offended by that, Claire? <laughs> I can't even pretend to be offended by it. So I think that proves your point. That <laughs> <laughs> you do quite a lot to get a, as if you were offered any role in the theatre. I'm pretty sure you'd turn it down, no matter yeah. what they offered to pay you. Mm. Um, yeah, I once won a competition to go on stage with Otis the Aardvark, and I didn't do that. I oh. had no idea about that. That's so cool. That's so exciting. <laughs> but I didn't do it because it was too scary. And I was like wow. nine. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. You had to yeah, I had the chance to be on the Nickelodeon. The... Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry. You had to colour in a picture and send it to the local newspaper. Nice. <laughs> Apparently That's I coloured on a picture of Otis the best. Nice. <laughs> I can believe that of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. All right, okay, so stage acting, not colouring in between the lines. That's better, though. That's quite yeah. a of a... I bet Laura's all art. over the shop, doesn't stay in the lines at all. <laughs> Probably made it purple or something creative. <laughs> yeah, Laura would try using her imagination. <laughs> Guys, sorry, I'm picking so on that's... me again. <laughs> I think Mike was picking on both of us. <laughs> well, you get praised for your colouring in at least. <coughs> you get praised for your uh, 
your mm. likelihood of becoming a West End I mean, star. I think it's quite... Uh, I went to the Harrison Ford School of Acting, I don't mind saying. <laughs> but it ain't over for me, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing a, a solid one-woman show that you've written oh, and directed yourself. I'm pleased yeah, but you this. could write a show. That's kind of you. Yeah. Well, I am writing my uh, long-awaited debut novel, Excellent. That's a sexy tree man. Anyway, more to come. Let's play the music. Oh, what the hell is this? I I swear to God, I'm playing the thing that looks like the normal thing. Yeah. Something odd is happening. I don't. This might be better. Is it? When do I? When does it end? When do I? There's no. Oh God. Up to you. Okay. Let's see. I'll wait for a pause. Um, an hour. <laughs> Any second now. Michael's going to play whatever he wants anyway. Yeah, that's so. very true, yeah. Great. Cut over that. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just done the Cantina Band again. Yeah, was... Do you know, I feel like jokes do get funnier on retelling. So. I really do. Yeah. This is why I hope no one listens to this podcast, this episode for the first time. They've got to go right back to the beginning. It's a cumulative podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the hat? Uh, we're all in. Um, <gasps> that was episode 88. <gasps> oh so we God. all get another three films each before the Oscars. Oh, Use them wisely. <laughs> I've got big plans. <laughs> You're bound to have big plans. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, very good. <laughs> Should we pair off? Yes. I'll go with you, Laura. Sure. Great. Someone want to count us in? Oh, wait, I want to go second. I haven't picked yet. Claire and Fernando, you go first. <laughs> Claire and Fernando. Rock, paper, scissors, Spock, and lizard. Yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Three, two, one. Paper. Rock. Okay. Claire wins. That you, could have, you might have played that a bit better for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know you were playing honestly. <laughs> um, it's the two of us then. Can okay. someone count us in? Three, two, one. Rock. Paper. Damn it. Yeah. So it's either Claire or me. <laughs> Three, two, one. Paper. paper. Oh. Three, two, one. So Rock. Oh, we have a winner. <laughs> I'm the winner. Yay. Someone's declaring to be the winner. Um, so I do have something of a choice of film, um, but this one requires a, a little bit of uh, audience participation. Um, I've got a list of three films in ah! front of me. Oh, my God. How exciting. Whoa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, can you tell me, do you want a... Uh, a mystery thriller? <gasps> yes. A musical comedy? No. Or a horror film? <laughs> oh. Yes. Can we get all three of them? Yeah, all in one. <laughs> well, they'll have to be my next film. three picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's very exciting. Mm. Mystery! Mystery thriller? Okay. Musical comedy? Oh. Mm. Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't the three of us play rock, paper, scissors now and whoever wins will get no, that film? I, I've made an executive decision. Fernando answered first. So we're having uh, The Mirror Cracked. 
1980. Like crock of shit, the like mirror girl. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the mirror cracked. <laughs> You're not allowed to tell us it's a crock of shit. Oh, I meant the system that you've got. Ah, okay. <laughs>